0: Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to not share my screen. That way I can just control everything then. All right. Well, thank you for your patience and sorry for some, some tech getting used to things. Um, I just wanted to say hello and welcome to another CBC Women in CRE meetup. Uh, my name is Christina Ballas. If you don't know me, I'm the National Director of Strategic Implementation for CBC and I'll be your host on today's call. A few logistics that I want to make sure that we go over. Feel free to chat in any of your questions. There should be a little chat function on the bottom of your Zoom call um, at any time, or you can unmute yourself and chime in. We want today to feel like a conversation and for you to feel comfortable and totally part of the conversation, so please do that. Um, We'll be recording this call if you couldn't tell from the beginning uh, so that we can send it out to those who couldn't make it. Uh, We also have a new podcast called CRE with CBC Worldwide that you could subscribe to and listen to um, on any of your podcast listening apps. Um, That way you can uh, listen to this in full if you miss any moments, or you can uh, go back in time and see some of our other calls that we've placed on there. So today we have with us Crystal Proenza, and she is the founder and strategic consultant at Growth Mindset. She's a culture expert She has over 13 years of experience in commercial real estate, including writer and associate editor at Globe Street. She's been a director of public relations, global U.S. marketing at Collier's. She's been uh, the chief brand and performance officer at Honest Buildings, which were later acquired by Procore Technologies. She's known for her ability to empower leaders and trends, especially in times of change, which I'm sure all of us know lots about right now. And she's guided a company to success uh, during a recession, created tremendous growth with scrappy budgets, and successfully took two companies through acquisitions and mergers, all with a focus on leadership, operational efficiency, and communication. We are so thrilled to have her on this call and those credentials should just be the beginning of a very fruitful conversation. So Crystal, thank you so much for joining us and I'll pass it off to you.
1: Thank you so much Christina. I'm really humbled to be here um, amongst this group of dedicated and talented women and especially it means a great deal to me to be on a call with women in the commercial real estate industry because it's the industry where I that I came up in. Um, it's the place where I built my career and you know, it's a place where I met a lot of people who were willing to take a chance on me. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, I also just deeply believe in women supporting each other, um, so much so that I'm a member of this organization called CHIEF. Um, it's an organization of executive women, and they pair women, um, they actually group women into groups of 10, and they put you in something called CORE. And you're basically a support group to each other for life. Um, and it's just been such an amazing transformative experience to have this group of women that is non-judgmental support and everyone is kind of in a leadership position and to see how impactful that group can be. So I just think that groups like this are are really important. So I'm really humbled to be here.
0: We're happy to have you. Thank you so much.
1: Um, so I think, you know, Christina and I were talking about what may be helpful. And I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of my start in commercial real estate and what i did in commercial real estate if anyone has any questions please feel free to just throw it in the chat um so i started in commercial real estate actually as a journalist i was writing about trends i was writing about the rise of green buildings this was many years ago um and of course the transactions but i think i didn't really understand the depth and honestly a little bit of the chaos that comes along with commercial real estate um, until i started working in it I was recruited to run marketing for the South Florida region of uh, Collier's International. And I say commercial real estate is where I came up because when I joined commercial real estate, I joined as a director of marketing. And within the seven years that I worked within the industry, I became a VP and then a member of the executive team for that local office with the chairman and the CEO. And then I re- ended up helping to run communications nationally and globally for Collier's International. So lots of transformation. Um, When I worked for the local company, I spent about five and a half years there. And like I said, I was on the executive team with them at a really young age in my twenties when I really, you know, didn't know much, but I took a lot of, um, I put a lot of dedication and a lot of innovation in what I was doing in the office, especially around the culture um, of brokers and admin and kind of the way people spoke to each other and the way we did business with each other. Um, eventually that office sold to another commercial real estate company and Collier's recruited me to the corporate team. And so I ended up working with um, executive leadership team. That's where I met Dan and, you know, learned really how to work with top level executives at an international company. And I was the head of communications at the time. Um, I was there at the NASDAQ when we rang the bell when we went public and kind of was part of the under the tent team. When we did that, that whole thing so that was um really fun and a great learning experience um and again a chance that like i say people took on me to to give me that kind of responsibility um after that i was recruited to a tech company and you know became entranced with the idea of the best way to change the commercial real estate industry was through technology it's still you know something i deeply believe in um and i was chief brand and performance officer there and i was hired in as an executive and i think it was a different experience for me because it was the first time I was um, sitting at a table with people my own age. And I'll never forget, I was at a board meeting and I realized I'm here with five men who are my my colleagues on my team. And I'm here with five board members who are also all men. And (laughs) I had this strange feeling about it. And I remember calling my former boss at Collier's up afterwards. And I just said, you know, it was a strange feeling. I know we need we need to change this. There need to be more women at the table here on the executive team for our company and as board members. Um, and she laughed at me and she said, "Of course, of course they do." Um, and I said, "Well, I think it's because I've always had a woman there with me at the table who had a higher position than me who was who believed in me deeply." And she laughed again and she said, "You are her." And I remember that being like a really transformative thing for me when she said you are her because I thought maybe maybe that's true um, because I had joined this tech company to grow it basically from 20 people to 110 people. And I had been kind of an unofficial mentor to every woman that I hired in leadership. And I realized maybe maybe I am her and maybe now this is my role, right? To step up into this um, into this new role basically to mentor other people within the company, no matter what my role was, whether I was running marketing or something else. Um, so, I, I, I took that company through to acquisition at the end of last year. We grew, like I said, from twenty people to one hundred and ten people, and sold to a company called Procore, a much bigger tech company in the industry. Um, and I say all of this because I think about my time in commercial real estate, you know, in the in the industry and in the tech side, and I really think that something that struck me is that there was a really strong culture of mentorship there. Brokers are mentoring and training younger brokers. You know, people had decades of experience and success, a lot of people in the business through family, and they were trying to pass along what they knew to the next generation. Um, And I think that's where tech also kind of came into play, where they were helping take that knowledge from before to kind of the newer generation. Um, And so that's kind of why I loved commercial real estate and something that I took with me in building my own business in the fact that. It really was the people and the relationships that the people had with each other that drove the financial success of commercial real estate in, in the companies where I was at. Um, Another thing that I think I really took from commercial real estate is that everything is so financially driven that I learned And in other industries, this isn't so much so, but if it doesn't impact the bottom line, it's not going to get the attention it deserves like point blank. Right. And so I learned a lot about making sure the initiatives that I, cared about and supported were talked about first and foremost, how they impacted the bottom line. And I think my mentors helped me do that as well. Um, Because, you know, I think as a woman in the industry, I was super passionate about things that I was doing. I was super passionate about the culture of commercial real estate and how if brokers and admin and executives and brokers could work better together, it could truly impact the business. And drawing those lines much more closely to the finances really helped me in what i did later on, and, and now in my own business.
0: That makes a whole lot of sense. And um, what what struck me with what you were saying, Crystal, is just about how mentorship is is something that is special to the commercial real estate space. And I find that um, I find that to be very true as well in my experience. Um, but could you touch on that a little bit? Because it just it's to me it's interesting to think about it and take yourself you know step back.
1: Yeah. I think that from when I started in the commercial real estate industry, I just felt this, um, a caring from especially the women who had been in the industry for a really long time. And they, you know, would just teach me things that would have taken me a long time to learn by myself. And also they did something that I think is really important for mentorship in general, which is they helped me to hold a mirror up to my skills and, and my potential when I needed it, you know, and, and I, I I work with a lot of people now on this topic in particular, it's hard to reflect on yourself and it's hard to kind of keep yourself going when you're so busy every single day with so many meetings and so many deliverables and and all of this. And so I think mentorship was to me the space that I needed. It created that space that I needed for that self-reflection to think about what I had accomplished and to keep going um, and to really think about what is it that I wanted to accomplish. Mm. Um, And I think, like I said, I, I haven't seen it in other industries the way that I see it in commercial real estate. And so I I believe that that is something that is super important that I took from there.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I um, One, another thing that you just said that is, is kind of triggering something for me, it has to do so much of what you named your company. So it seems like a lot of the mentorship is what helped you reflect and then grow personally. And so, um, I want you to talk a little bit about like the idea of growth mindset and, you know, why that's what you landed on and and really just think about what that means to you and try to help, you know, explain what that is.
1: Yeah. So growth mindset to me, I think it means something a little bit different, you know, to some, but to me, it really means a dedication to always be evolving, to always find a better version of yourself. Um, and sometimes a better version of doing things and I truly believe that that dedication drives performance and it drives others to perform. If others see you taking in, you know time to self-reflect and to grow yourself, they will do the same and if you have that, that type of growth around and fully through a company, that's what really spurs a lot of innovation. Um, you know I think something that really backs us up, Google did this study about which teams are the highest performing teams. Um, and you know they, they looked into every aspect of teams and they found that the most important thing for the highest performing teams was psychological safety. Oh, wow. And it's all about the team felt like they had the space to be creative and be themselves and explore themselves, right? And of course that their jobs were safe as well. But it's this idea of if you feel like you can be innovative, if you feel that you can be yourself and explore things that you care about, it actually drives more innovation. It drives more performance for the team. And so it's really about investing time in yourself and understanding what you really want will impact the company and have better outcomes for the company overall.
0: That is so interesting. Yeah, trust, trust, having other people trust you, um, I think is really important for your own personal growth. It sounds like um, it's kind of what you were saying too. Um, tell me about how that plays into, um, just the way you think of mentorship. So I know you and I have had conversations and I know like, you know, in the past mentors sometimes seemed a little bit more, not contrived, but just, you know, here's your mentor kind of a thing, but tell me about the trust and the space and the psychological benefits there.
1: Yeah. So I think it's not such a high pressure situation, but I do think there's a challenge in mentorship and that I think the real secret to a good mentorship is you have to be willing to be vulnerable with someone, you know, and share your experience and also kind of believe that your experience can help someone else. And that sometimes, you know, takes a little bit. Um, it's not just about, you know, hey, let's just check in. I think it's about really listening to the person that you're mentoring um, and, and then opening up yourself, right, about things that they may be able to relate to. And like I said before, I think holding a mirror up to someone's potential when they can't or when they need it uh, is really, really important in helping them to self-reflect. And I think it doesn't have to come from you know a contrived place. I think it can just be, hey, this is who I am. This is what I've done. Tell me about you. And you'll always find things in common. You'll find ways to help this person. And again, I think it's about helping them to self-reflect. What I
0: thought was interesting in a previous conversation too, is when you said you have to be willing to take the criticism sometimes with a grain of salt, but then also be open to maybe that, maybe my idea needs to shift, you know, like that was an important thing to, to really reflect, not just take the good in.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I'm a really big believer in overall feedback, whether that's positive or negative. Um, I think that you have to be able to accept feedback because in order to, to also have your opinion heard, you need to be able to accept feedback. Um, people will listen more and understand more if they believe you're listening, right? So again, it goes back to just understanding each other and listening. Um, also, I think, you know, Christina, you and I talked about feedback really helps to kind of place where you are in a process. Um, Talking to a colleague, talking to direct reports, talking to your clients, talking to your boss about how they think you're doing just helps you to kind of place what you're doing. And, and sort of what you said, you don't always have to take every piece of feedback and make it actionable. Sometimes you may decide, hey, that piece of feedback, I'm taking it with a grain of salt. It's not exactly you know something that I think is really useful to the company. Maybe it's self-serving, whatever it may be. But just taking feedback overall from multiple sources will help you to be again more innovative and kind of place what you're doing because a lot of people also some of the people that I work with um they feel almost intimidated to ask for feedback yet they'll ruminate on i wonder what these people think of my presentation my leadership style and all of these things and so instead of spending that time ruminating and thinking what do people think it's kind of having the guts to come out and just say what did you think of this right and again mm-hmm. you don't have to take every single piece of feedback and and make it actionable, but it is good for you to understand, you know, where you're placed within those people's minds and you learn so much, right? Again, it goes back to growth. You might pull like one tiny piece of nugget out of, you know, a 10 minute conversation of feedback and you might remember that forever and it could help you.
0: That's true. What's one of the pieces of feedback that someone's told you that you remembered forever? Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a really good question. Um, Hmm.
2: Well, we could come back to it. Yeah, that that was just like an
0: interesting (laughs) thing to me. Um, Again, if anybody has any questions, please put it in the chat. I think I see something in there. Let's see. Uh, Suzanne says, um, I'm technologically intimidated and I'm often surprised that my colleagues are having the same issues I am. Um, So uh, Suzanne, I don't know if you want to unmute and just chime in. But anyways, that was her comment.
1: Maybe it's about, you know, sharing, sharing, you know, information and kind of being open and and talking more about what the challenges are and being Can vulnerable. Am
2: I unmuted now? Oh, yes, there you are.
1: Oh, perfect.
2: <laughs>
0: well, oftentimes the air around my computer is fairly blue from frustration. And a lot of the programs that I need to use um, Sometimes don't work as well as I'd like them to do. Uh, last week we had a conversation around our office meeting, and several of the other brokers brought up a problem with a program that was not, uh, they were not being successful with. I thought it was me was the only one that was not being successful with it. And so I was very comforted to know that they were all having that same issue too. That's a great point. Yeah, I think I think that hits so much on what Crystal was saying, right, about just being open, you know, being open to being open about your, you know, maybe perceived limitations, et cetera, so that you can see, you know, level set. Is it me? Is it everyone? Is there an issue, you know, or is it just a learning curve that I need to work on? So that's, thank you for sharing that. That was really, Um, brave of you to share.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, some people, I find this with, with the women's group that I'm a part of too. Sometimes you just need somebody to say, I felt that before, because sometimes it can feel lonely. You know, if you're having an issue, especially, you know, if you're a broker and maybe you're an independent contractor, and if you're not part of a huge team, if you do talk to some, another colleague and you hear, Oh, I'm having this same issue. I've been through this before. It does kind of ease your nerves. Right. And you're more confident moving forward in something to say, oh, I'm not this, you know, anomaly. Um, There are other people out there who have experienced this, and they got through it, so I'm going to get through it as well.
0: Totally. Um, We have another question. It says, from your experience, what are some of the blind spots brokers have for which they could benefit from mentoring, and are there areas unique to
1: women specifically? Good question. Um, You know, in terms of blind spots for brokers, I think the thing that a lot of what I experienced in commercial real estate is they brokers are really focused on the transaction, right? That's, that's kind of what you're measured on is how much you're bringing in. Was that transaction successful? Um, But the real true gold is the relationships, right? The relationships with the clients and the relationships internally. Um, I think, you know, my mentors helped me realize how important it was for, you know, everything to be connected to the transaction. And I think I took that the next step and said, it also has to be connected to the culture, right? How are you talking to the people on your team to get things done, to get that transaction done? Do they feel like they're a part of the team? Do they feel like they're a part of the celebration? Do they feel like they're an important part of the process? Um, And I think that is something that I learned a lot, you know, with working with brokers is that they, they're so smart and they're moving so fast, right? They're able to be so successful, but sometimes I would say, hey, Stop back and just thank you know your admin, thank your marketing person. Let them know what they did to help make the transaction successful. Or if it wasn't successful, let them know what can be learned, right? And just having that open communication loop and thinking about those relationships because that actually will drive the next transaction even better.
0: Totally. Um- to shift gears a little bit from from softer skills to more of like a tech question for you. Um, What do you think is the biggest potential, growth potential in commercial real estate?
1: I think it's definitely tech, you know, and being in tech for a number of years, you know, that's no surprise. I think tech around improving processes and improving the way things have always been done had the biggest potential for impact Mm -hmm. because commercial real estate has made so much You know, has had so much financial success and the companies that have made it through the crazy downturns that have happened over the decades. They've been doing the same thing for a really long time and it has worked for them. But companies are learning now and finding out they're leaving a lot of money on the table by not looking back at their processes and seeing how things can be improved with tech. And I worked for one of the companies that was kind of in that space, but there are so many others. Um, even from you know touring a space using technology and tracking things, uh, tracking uh, tours using different types of technology, tracking transactions using different types of technology, it can be so impactful once a team or a company has truly adopted these new processes that are digital. And I feel like you know times of COVID, it's forcing even more things like this to happen. Um, you know, we've heard so much uh, when I was when I was on the tech side about companies still doing p- things on paper, right? Passing a piece of paper along for approvals or getting bids on paper that they had to open up in the mail. And I think now, you know, those processes are basically gonna disappear um, with COVID. It's gonna force a lot more of that tech innovation. But I think, you know, technology in general for within commercial real estate is going to make the biggest kind of change over the next 10 to 15 years.
0: Yeah, totally. I think, I think all of us, you know, or, or a lot of us working from home, et cetera, during COVID has really, um, Kicked into high gear, a transition to a more digital space, whether we were ready to embrace it or not. It's like <laughs> it's just it's gonna be basically. But I think with that push comes you know a lot of opportunity. Um, we have a question from Kathy saying if there's any technology apps or programs that you recommend.
1: Yeah, well, of course, you know I have to say. <laughs> Procore, but I don't think that that's so much um, pertains to brokers. For brokers, I think you know companies like VTS really deeply understanding what they're doing is important. Even if you are not using it today, I think really knowing what those top commercial real estate technology companies are working at, because that kind of gives you a view into it. Will I have to learn this? Will it be part of my everyday workflow in the future? Um, and then in general, I think within when I was within commercial real estate, not. Not enough companies were utilizing um, tech apps just for their day-to-day work. You know, there's an app called monday.com. It's a project management. It's not commercial real estate specific, but it's a project management app. And it just helps you to be more organized. Um, Things like Calendly, um, it's a scheduling app. And, you know, it allows you to send out a link and people can schedule for you. That's something that, you know, I haven't seen used too much. (laughs) So things like that are not exactly commercial real estate tech, but technology that people should should be aware of
0: yeah and we were just earlier nerding out on slack too which is yes a way to communicate with teams and you know share ideas and have them be searchable so yeah i see i see that so both you know there are a lot of innovations from the cre space that are out there that we can research but then also just thinking about using tech that you might use in your personal life and have it like transfer over into your workspace which is which is important yeah. um I have a, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this yet, but I have on my burning list of questions for you is for you to talk about um, the story about your book of accomplishments.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And how you got there and why you created it kind of a thing.
1: <laughs> so in, in the vein of, of getting constant feedback, you know, I think when I was younger, I feared feedback a little bit because, you know, sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be bad. Um, and when I really learned to open up more and ask for feedback, I I realized how much of a learning experience it could be, but also how much I needed to ask for more feedback because it helped to fuel me in the times when I needed motivation. And one of the things that I was talking to Christina about that I did, and I still do, if I receive a piece of feedback that I think is really valuable, I write it down in a book. And usually it's in just like one of these little black books and I and I keep it aside, but I will write down exactly what someone said And when I need inspiration or when I need motivation, I'll go back and I'll look at all of the feedback that I received. And this is not just a feedback like, that was great. It has to be something that is actionable or impactful. Something that says, you know, oh, that presentation really led me to realize, you know, I I really want to be doing something else in my career. Or, you know, you really helped me talk to my boss about getting a raise or, you know, that marketing event was so different from what we're used to in commercial real estate. It really impressed the client. So that kind of thing, I, I always keep in, in a little book, like I said, for those times when I need motivation and, and kind of something to spark me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. What, um, what led you there? Oh, did somebody unmute that had a question? No, maybe I missed it. Okay. Um, if you have a question, unmute or put it in the chat. Sorry. Um, what led you to to wanting to create that book? You know, what, what were you, where were you in your space? Were you trying to propel to the next level? You know, uh, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, it was, it was within commercial real estate. And um, when I was, when I was at Collier's and things were moving so fast all the time, as you all know, you know, things change, transactions move, a process changes. And so I was preparing for my annual review and I didn't know what to say. I was so busy still doing work, that I didn't have time to sit down and write my self reflection, my self, you know, evaluation. And I realized this is silly. I should just keep a list of the things that I did well and the things I didn't do well, you know, somewhere. And so that's how it started. Um, and then I started just to say, okay, let me keep the feedback too. And I would put quote marks around it, I'd put the name of the person, but that's how it started it was preparing for, you know, annual reviews, um, so that I had something and I didn't have to just come up with it, you know, within a half an hour preparing when it was a year's worth of work that I wanted to reflect.
0: Um, that's awesome. And that, and that's a really good idea. And we had some comments that said, that's a great idea. I think a lot of us will start our own little black book also. (laughs) Um, I have a question for you about, you know, being in a growth mindset. And so you took a plunge and you took a risk on yourself, which so many of our brokers do obviously, right? Jumping into this business is already, you know, a big, a big leap of uh, faith and trust in yourself and your abilities. Um, What are some tips that you would give for somebody that wants to, you know, grow more or is trying to be self-reflective, but maybe doesn't even know where to start?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, from a high level, taking the time to reflect on what you really want to be growing in and this is not as easy as it sounds you know most of the clients that I work with aren't doing this right I think that is number one it sounds simple but just sitting down and making some time for yourself and thinking about where do I need to grow where do I want to grow and then taking that and tactically this is really important actually creating goals for yourself and it doesn't have to be work-related you know, it doesn't have to be related to exactly what you're doing that month or, or that quarter or, or your goals. Again, if you invest in yourself, it's gonna help with all of those things later on. But writing down a set of goals that is about what you want to grow in. And even if it's something that's out there, right? Something that's gonna take you 10 years to get to, w- just thinking about what is the first actionable step I can take to get there? And make it a goal and just write it down and just have it somewhere. I, I do this in my daily life and I'll, I'll <laughs> shift the camera here. I have a little bulletin board over here where I write down goals. And I don't only write down my business goals. I write down my personal goals as well. I have goals around health. I have goals around the world because I always wanna be doing something that's good for the world. But actually just having it there written down, you know, it helps me to think about it every day and I work towards it more. So again, I think high level, knowing what you want to do and what you wanna grow in and then putting just a couple of, even it's one or two goals down on paper some actionable steps.
0: That's great. Um, that's good. That to, I think when you have something visible, it's kind of like the idea of a vision board, right? But like something that's in your face, it's hard to ignore it or it's hard to forget about it. I mean, truthfully,
1: right? Yeah. And when I, you know, when I, when I was working and I was extremely busy, sometimes I would just put it on a post-it note. You know, and it could be something as simple as, you know, I want to grow my network of people within whatever field it may be within marketing. Or I want to, you know, talk to two more people who have done what I've done in the past and just have that there. And I would, you know, not action, action on it every day, but it would be there so I could remember to action on it at some point.
0: Yeah, that's really important. I want to make sure that if there's anybody with questions, I leave it open. We have a few comments, again, just about the annual review time. Like, that's really helpful, <laughs> um, which I totally agree. Um, yeah,
1: thinking about that, I think in general, people people don't take enough time to self-reflect. And just to, the, the best thing to do with that is put it on your calendar. Yeah. You know, once a quarter, even, if you can take the time, spend half an hour reflecting on what you've done, you know, what you want to do. I think it's a really hard thing for a lot of people to do, but again, if you make it turn it into an actionable thing, you can you can actually move things forward.
2: Oh,
0: I have a really good question here. Um, do you have uh, go-to books that you recommend for personal growth?
1: So so many books. Um, I think <laughs> also you know, in the way that I run my business about what do you want to grow in, right? I mean, are you a leader that wants to grow in being a leader? Are you an entrepreneur that wants to grow and being more innovative? So many um, ideas around this. I think, you know, since this is a women's group, I recently read the book Untamed, and I think oh. it should be required reading, <laughs> you know, for, uh, for a lot of women um, and men, actually, because it's just about how we've been trained forever to think about what success is. And you don't really stop and think about what do you think success is. So it kind of supports that idea that I, I was talking about before. So I would definitely recommend Untamed. Um, I'm looking up here at a bunch of books I have. There's a book called The Likeability Trap, and I think this this is particularly about women. We want to, and this kind of relates to what we we're saying about feedback before we want to know what people think of us. It's kind of just within us because we are just compassionate people, right? And there's studies that show this. We're just in general, more compassionate. Um, How do you take that and action it? And also what is the negative side of that? And the negative side is sometimes we worry a little bit too much about how liked we are. So there's this book called The Likeability Trap and it's all about that um, and about how to kind of overcome that and just kind of be who you are and understand that we do care about people liking us or not. And that's okay. But there's a way to kind of move forward with knowing that.
0: Yeah, totally. Now for, because you know that in the CRE space, we have people that are very like numbers focused. How, how do what would you say to somebody that, you know, would say, well, this sounds like soft skills basing. you know, like, where's the, like, how is this going to really impact me? Like, what is your response to something like that?
1: Yeah, I think that the way you work matters a lot and it matters for two things i think first and foremost speed and innovation you will move faster if you garner a better relationship with everyone around you and you will get better ideas from those people and you yourself will come up with better ideas if you're in an environment that like i said before is safe right a psychologically safe environment and as a broker you are the creator of that environment right You are the person who's in charge of your own business and you're a part of this larger team, but it really is your business. And so you are able to create this space to garner innovation and to garner that moving fast, right? And moving faster, I think works well in commercial real estate because you always want to kind of, it's very competitive and you want to move forward with closing the deal. Um, But yeah, those, those would be my, my two recommendations on that.
0: I love that. I th- I feel like when you when I w- when you were talking about um, the relationships helping with speed and innovation, it made me think of you know the closest you know what's the shortest distance from point A to point B? It's a line, and how can you make that shorter? Right? You could just fold it. And like, how would you do that in space? You know, obviously in math, not to go into like physics or like whatever super nerdy stuff. But like, in in business, you can do that by I think relationships, right? You like fold the time a little bit or process to me. I, you know, I'm a big process lady, if you couldn't tell, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) no, absolutely. And even just learning what other people are doing, like groups like this and sharing, what are your biggest challenges? How are you getting through this? Right. And listening to ideas from others that really helps. And the next time you may, you may meet a friend the next time you call up with the next challenge and you move faster the next time, because you got an idea that, you know, would have taken you longer to get either by yourself or through a different route.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, You know, we're getting to about on the 40-minute mark close. Um, So I just want to make sure that I'm cognizant of everyone's time and leave time if there is other questions. So if anybody needs a thought starter that is feeling shy, um, is there any questions that you have? What's your biggest challenge as far as your own personal growth if you want to share or ask a question about it? Um, Or if not, you know, no pressure, but just wanted to make sure I threw it out there for everyone.
2: I had a question. Hi. Hi, I'm Krista. I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I've had many careers over my lifetime, depending on what's going on, and just started in with commercial real estate the first of the year. Welcome. So I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit um, kind of behind in my understanding about the finance piece of it all. Um, so I'm wondering if you'd recommend going through the CCIM course, and I'm I think it's supposed to be really good, but where do I fit that in with everything else that's happening? That's my first thing. And the second one is I did join crew, but so far I'm not really utilizing it. And because I'm in Knoxville, there's no one else here. I'm an at-large member through Nashville where it's larger population. So those two things, is CCIM worth it? And how can I better utilize, utilize crew?
1: Well, I think the CCIM question is more for Christina and maybe Dan, you know, to answer. Um, Just because I I don't know, you know, what, what CBC, you know, thinks of these things. I think in terms of crew, and really any networking group like this, you have to really dig deep into which part of the organization is going to resonate most with you. Um, And I think crew is a huge organization, there is so much that they're doing. So I think just taking the time and digging into not only what's going on, you know, where you are, but what are they doing digitally? Because now everything is Zoom. You know, you can probably jump into events that are happening in New York City or wherever else. Um, it's probably open to everyone, but find out what it is that, that you really want. You know, do you want the general open networking events? Do you want more of the webinars where there's someone speaking about you know, finance issues. I think you kind of just have to dig in because Crew really is a huge network that has amazing programming. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, I don't know if, Christina Carlino, I don't know if you are on that wants to unmute and kind of give some of our learning opportunities maybe that might be best for Krista or if you want to just offline. Oh, there you are. Cool. No, Krista is a recent graduate of our CRE Win. Oh, awesome. She's already halfway there. Amazing. But, um, But yeah, I would just take the advice. And I mean, Chrissy, you and I have talked about this too, is, you know, really thinking about investing in CCIM and networking with others um, in your business. I know you're at
2: Wallace, so you have a plethora of great commercial insight in that office. So keep it
0: up. Awesome. And then I have a comment from Suzanne about CCIM. She says, most people take two years for the CCIM courses. I'd be glad to mentor having been a local president. So maybe if we could connect you with Suzanne Odita, if you want to type in your email address to the chat, Suzanne, so that Krista can shoot you a note, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Um, We have a a comment here from Alice that says, for me, crew is not worth it. The expense is huge and dominated by um, mostly property managers, um, but CCIM has helped a lot. I finally earned my CCIM designation after 10 years of study. and then Suzanne says she agrees Crew about CREW and CCIM. So um, I also recently joined CREW in my local New Jersey chapter. Um, I find it it very helpful as far as like networking and like understanding different aspects of the business and like uh, cr- creating thought starters for me. So I go, oh, that was interesting. I hadn't thought about that or, you know, but I, I feel like not yet anyways, I haven't felt like there's like a deep dive into something. It seems a little bit more surface for now, but I think it's really helpful to have a place you feel safe and secure to ask questions or to you know, be vulnerable. And if that's a good space for you and you like the people that you vibe with, I think that's probably gonna be helpful either way. Cool, thank you for the question. Awesome. Does anyone else have any questions? I have one, Vanessa with a Coldwell Banker Commercial. Um, just uh, what environment do you see works best with um, groups? Do you see one-on-ones or do you see small groups work together where they can have that safe environment to
1: chat and collaborate? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I think mostly in groups is where that idea of psychological safety kind of comes into play and how do you be, be innovative, but one-on-ones are really, really important. One-on-one relationship that you establish with someone, I think I always talk about trust first and foremost. Do you have you establish a trusting relationship? And if you have, I think the most productive thing within one-on-ones is that you're able to give each other feedback and speak candidly about what's happening. Um, I read this book, and I I really believe in it, it's called Radical Candor um, by a woman named Kim Scott, and it's all about how if you are able to talk with someone one-on-one about something, the only way they can really hear you is if they believe that you care deeply about them, and if you have, you know, the best in mind. So developing those relationships one-on-one I think are key, right? And doing that requires trust. Um, And then in a group setting, it's, it's similar to that, although it's more about, does everyone feel comfortable around each other being themselves and feel safe being themselves and raising their hand and saying whatever they think um, without being judged and knowing that no matter what, the team is going to move forward. Does that answer the question? Oh, it does. Good point. Yes.
0: Um, Awesome. we have a comment Um, Allison is saying she's a past president of our local CCIM chapter in El Paso um, and an invaluable resource for networking and education. It's amazing. Available for further talk. And then she put her contact info. So anybody that wants to click on the chat and get that information there, feel free. Um, I'm going to shift to sharing my screen so that people can see Crystal's contact information. Should you want to reach out to Crystal? Give me one second so I can do that. Awesome, um, any other questions from anyone else on the call? All right, well, with about 15 minutes left, Crystal, do you wanna close this out or do you have anything you wanna add?
1: Um, just to say thank you so much for having me and that groups like this are really key and important um, for people to share, especially women to share with each other what your biggest challenges are um, and, you know, I always just tell people, remember that your own personal growth is something that, you know, is, is for you, but it does have an impact on your company, your family and everything that you do. So carving out time for that self-reflection and understanding really what it is that you want to grow in is key.
0: Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for joining us. For me, this has been a super fruitful conversation and just interesting and wonderful to ha- have that moment of self-reflection as you were talking. I took like fervent notes as I'm sure some of us did too. So I really appreciate it. Um, For anybody that maybe, you know, popped in and out of the call, feel free to um, go to our podcast called CRE with CBC Worldwide um, soon and then, and it'll be posted there. And that's all for everybody. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you.